today, October 5th, 2019, on the official Mad Tea podcast, straight from the pages of Allie the Actioneer, your source for all things Disney. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Phase 1 Complete At the beginning of summer, we had Star Wars Galaxy's Edge open at the Disneyland Resort. Just a few weeks ago, we had the Twin Park open at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. Now we have Galaxy's Edge East and Galaxy's Edge West. Even though the lands are now officially open, they are currently finishing up the second ride for the land. We are still waiting on Rise of the Resistance to open in each of the parks. East will open theirs in December of 2019, and West will not open until January of 2020. Yes, it has been postponed. The Walt Disney Company has been very good about opening lands before they have finished them. We keep getting this whole phase one, phase two thing with every land that opens since about 2011. I have been waiting on writing about this but I figured now is a good time to explain some thoughts. Many of you have seen on my YouTube video about Galaxy's Edge, which I posted a few months ago. I went when it first opened. I was there second day of opening, not first, unfortunately. But many of you did not like what I had to say, and rightfully so. I have since visited the land multiple times and have had the chance of speaking with many Star Wars fans on their opinions on the land since posting that video, not having changed my tune. I will start this time by stating my favorite parts of the land. Of course, I see the milk stand as one of the best things because we finally have a chance to drink blue milk and it is delicious. I still have not tried the green milk. That is my next on the list. There was no disappointment with the blue milk. In fact, they exceeded my expectations. I am still too scared to try the green milk because I kind of don't want to waste $8 on something I may not like, knowing the majority of reviews have been negative. But I'm sure one day I will soon ignore and try the green stuff just for you guys. Another thing that amazed me in the land was not the visuals, but the sounds. The sound effects team deserves the biggest award. The music that DJ Rex plays in Oga's Cantina, the conversations between droids at random corners of the land, and the realistic sound of X-Wings flying overhead, causing me to look up to the sky, seeing where it is, had me in awe. I was seriously blown away with the sound effects team's ability to create amazing, realistic atmosphere through sound. Now, I don't want to say too much about the bad stuff because I feel like I ripped that apart um, in my YouTube video. Um, but the first thing to bother me before getting in the doors was knowing that this is the largest land ever at Disneyland Resort at 14 acres, and it was only opening with one ride. For comparison, the popular Cars Land is 12 acres 
and it opened with three rides. Yes, we are eventually receiving the second ride for the land, but I mean, come on. For this to be the largest land, you wasted a lot of space for just some rocks. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> so when you think of food you will find in Star Wars movies, your mind goes above and beyond your conventional exotic food. When the first ever slash only Star Wars night happened last year in 2018, cast members and other Disney officials were talking about the special menu during the party as a sneak peek into the foods that will appear in Galaxy's Edge. There is not one item that was on the menu that night that appeared on any of the menus at Galaxy's Edge. Very disappointing because... Almost all of those items were so delicious. There's a popcorn stand with a rainbow-flavored popcorn that comes in unique flavors in Galaxy's Edge, which I guess is kind of cool, but you can't get too crazy with popcorn flavors. Um, there's also the milk stand. As I've said before, this is my favorite, so there's no complaints there. The Ronto Wrap at Ronto Roasters is mediocre at best. Um, it's the only thing on the menu at Ronto Roasters besides beef jerky. Um, it's really an overpriced hot dog selling for $12.99 before tax. Uh, in all honesty, Angry Dogs at Pixar Pier is worlds better and comes with a bag of chips for only $8.99. So, you know, I haven't tried the Ronto Morning Wrap, um, but I think that one is definitely a better choice. Um, but unfortunately, you have to get there before 10 a.m. if you want to try it. Um, I'm not an early riser, so more than likely I'll never be eating that one. And these are classified technically as carts um, because each eatery only has one item on the menu or a minimal slash limited menu. So these aren't even actually considered quick service or even a restaurant of any kind. Now, Oga's Cantina, which is something everyone's been in awe about, um, it is a unique dining experience or a bar with no food. Um, the menu consists of alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages, which means this is the first place to serve alcohol inside Disneyland other than Club 33. They do have an overpriced trail mix on the menu, but that is as far as the food goes. The drinks are delicious, and the atmosphere really does make for a fun and immersive experience. Um... Cast members also interact with DJ Rex and other exciting creatures. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, but the really awkward part of it all is having to share a table with multiple families that you don't know. Um, if you have a party um, or a large group uh, over six people, um, then you will more than likely have your own table. Otherwise, if you have less than six people, you are basically forced into conversation with multiple awkward people that you have to stare at from a foot away. If you're lucky, you might get a spot at the main bar and don't have to stare at anyone awkwardly, um, but prepare to stand unless you are blessed and end up with a booth. The majority of the tables are bar height, so your legs will not get that much-needed break they're wanting. In a way, ironically, I see the lack of seating as a plus. 
if they gave every table a seat, the flow of the bar would come to a halt as no one would leave. Guests would get way too comfortable and the already two hour line would easily double. Lack of seating and food is bothersome from a guest perspective, but in a design and restaurant perspective, it works. If you are truly hungry for real food in Galaxy's Edge, you have one place to go to, Docking Bay 7. It is a quick service restaurant with what I would consider the most expensive and most elegant quick service in the entire resort. The average entree will cost you around $16. Um, The food here is excellent. I'm not going to knock that. There isn't much not to like other than the prices. But again, it is high quality quick service food. Of course, I have expensive taste because my favorite item on the menu is the $18.99 Braise Shack Roast, which might be on my list of the most tasty foods at Disneyland, in all realness. Not gonna lie, it is so good. Um, On the contrary, though, the desserts were pretty bland. Uh, They were just really nothing to write home about. Even though they look really cute, um, I think they could do a lot better with the desserts. Now for the table service restaurant. Oh, wait, there isn't one. Oh, huge, huge, huge disappointment not having a table service restaurant in the largest land. They have the room for it. So why did they not build it? Perhaps we will see one later on as the land develops more. I sure hope so. We know Epcot is soon to get a space restaurant. So why not expand Oga's Cantina into an Oga's food vessel? (laughs) I know that's a lame name, but you get the point. (laughs) And then there's also shops that are abundant in the land as well as Batuians asking you for credits, AKA money. They have cute toys for kids and big expensive toys for us bigger kids. Are you looking to get your family your first personal droid? Well, you can build one at the Droid Depot for $100. Do you dream of your Jedi powers coming to life with a real lightsaber? Savi's workshop will help you and all the other Jedis create a handmade lightsaber for $200. These are genuinely remarkable, immersive experiences and pretty much the only experiences in the land. I have yet to hear of an unhappy customer come out of either of these experiences. So your shopping needs will be met when you travel to Batu. but make sure you don't forget to bring your credits. <laughs> But yes, those are very expensive prices and probably the only things that you're really going to be going after in the land. And yeah, unfortunately, I see families walking around with like six lightsabers. So six times 200. Yeah, (laughs) you can really rack up a high bill in Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) Originally, before traveling to Batu. Uh, We were told that this was going to be the most immersive experience and most interaction we've ever seen between a guest and the land. I must be missing these two essential ideas every visit. I saw Chewie and Ray once and two stormtroopers, 
but they have a first order show that happens around two times per day. Okay. Um, that's fine, but we desperately want more immersion, you know? Um, I compare again back to Star Wars night in 2018, there were seemingly over a hundred stormtroopers all over Disneyland. I know that's an exaggeration, but that's seriously what it felt like. And that was all over the entire park, not just in a singular land. Droids were roaming about Main Street, which was so cute. Um, photo ops were around every single corner. And for some reason, they seem to be lacking in the entertainment department, which is one of the only ways you are going to immerse guests into the land. Whoever the event planners were for Star Wars Night in 2018, need to start helping them get their gears going for this feature to come to fruition. When talking visuals, you can only go so far with rocks, right? <laughs> They're beautiful rocks, and the buildings have a very circular shape to them, which does make for like a space feel. Um, usually you don't see those on Earth with those type of lines and buildings. It is very awesome getting to see things like a speeder bike, a Y-wing, a TIE bomber, and all the neat vehicles we've always wanted to see close up. Um, but the number one thing to view, without a doubt, the Millennium Falcon, which let me say is enormous. We always knew it was, I mean, who are we kidding? But now to see it in real life and how large it really is, I mean, come on, it's, it's just gorgeous. <laughs> so I will hand that to the Imagineers. They did make one beautiful piece of junk. <laughs> um, but lastly, we have the first and currently only ride, the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Now, is this ride cool? Sure, it's cool. Is it an out of this world idea? Nope, it's just another simulator. All six people in your ride party have a job to complete while riding the ride, which gets very distracting. And for some, it makes for a stressful ride. It is very interactive, but possibly in a bad way to the point that you almost don't enjoy it. It is neat that you have different outcomes each time you ride it, depending on your party. Unfortunately, you can imagine it more like a Star Tours with buttons you have to press for the entire ride continually. <laughs> it gets really annoying sometimes, and I just want to enjoy the ride, you know? I can't say it enough that I am, in more than one way, sick of simulator rides. Not only should they not be considered a ride, because they are not, but... They also make a vast majority of us nauseous. If you get sick on Star Tours, like I do and many others, where you need to go lie down on the dirty concrete floor of Disneyland after you ride that ride, you might get the same feeling on Smuggler's Run. Many claim this wouldn't happen and that it doesn't happen, but they're liars. <laughs> I can ride any Six Flags ride and pull major G-forces on any of those, but put me on a simulator and I'm out for at least an hour lying down on the floor. They were nice and put a slight breeze in your face to help stop this effect, 
but I need a much bigger fan to make me not feel nauseous. Smuggler's Run is not too bad, unlike Star Tours and many others. I keep hearing, if it ran one minute longer, I'd have to go lay down. And this is very true. Once the ride comes to an end, you begin that ill feeling. Thank goodness it runs as long as it does, because if it were longer, I would have to stop riding it. <laughs> I have to put the energy into the world. Stop making simulators, please. <laughs> as someone who would still love to be an Imagineer one day, there is no creativity anymore in a simulator ride. Ask Universal Studios, it's not cute. To me, it should not be classified as a ride. If I sit in a chair gyrating for three minutes in a room in front of a TV. Sorry, but that is just dumb. <laughs> you can start calling it a 4D movie, but not a ride. A simulator is a sad excuse for lack of creativity. I had hope for the Rise of the Resistance ride coming soon, but couldn't help notice that it looks just like the Transformers ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. If you don't know, it is basically a simulator that moves into different rooms. This may not be precisely true, but I am interpreting the renderings and the videos that are currently out to the public, and it kind of looks that way. Also, I got to speak to an Imagineer and they gave me some insider quotes and uh, they quoted the new ride as being meh, unquote, <laughs> M-E-H, <laughs> for those of you that didn't get that. Um, if that doesn't confirm how lame it could be, then I don't know what does. And this is an Imagineer who's one of the head Imagineers for this ride, and they're already disappointed with it. So they claim Smuggler's Run is better. I, I don't know yet. Obviously, we're going to find out pretty shortly in the next couple months. Simulators have become so lackluster and, to me, are so 2005. I want better. I had so many ride ideas that I figured would be easy to goes for Imagineers. And I can only hope that phase three of the land, because we'll just put that out there, that for phase three of the land will happen in a few years and uh, they're going to call me if they need any help. <laughs> if you have not seen Galaxy's Edge in person, make sure you go after they open the second ride with the Rise of the Resistance. And once the crowds slow down. There's no need to wait 300 minutes for Smuggler's Run, or any ride for that matter. You can obviously take what I say on here with a grain of salt, but I just want to prepare all Star Wars fans. Go in with low expectations, and you'll be odd. <laughs> I made the mistake of holding the Imagineers to a higher standard, and many others like me agree that it just fell short. They just really happen to miss the mark on a lot of things. And as another Imagineer that I talked to, um, who also worked on the land, uh, said, quote, you can only make rocks look so cool, <laughs> end quote. <laughs> and I have to agree with him because it was 
You know, there's so many things that they could have done. And the entire land is just a bunch of pretty rocks. Like they could have done so much more. And, you know, for me personally, um, the new episodes of Star Wars, I mean, they're okay. I like them. Like they're not the best, but I really believe if they would have done something with the original trilogy, um, you know, I was like looking for like, I want to go to Hoth or I want to go to Endor. Like that was kind of my idea personally, because those are my favorite planets. But I just, I don't know. I feel like they could have done that. I know that they're supposedly trying to stick with the current story and, you know, let it go into the future and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Forget the storyline. Just, like, give us what we want. Make something fun and interesting. Like... To me, it would be so cool to, like, see some Star Wars animals, like, roaming around. Like, I don't know. I want to see, like, a working at-at. Like, you know, I want to I wanna actually see one of the TIE Bombers fly. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a Disney-level Disney. Call me crazy, but that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so, don't be hating, okay? We got to get this done. And I know there's a bunch of you out there that completely agree with me. I have talked to a lot of strangers and friends and pretty much sounds like everybody's on the same page. If you're a big Star Wars fan, keep your expectations low if you have not been to the land yet. Because they're not going to really exceed your expectations when you get in the land. Which, you know, I mean, it's a cute place. It's fun. I see the creativity, I just think it fell kind of short in a lot of areas. Now again, that doesn't mean they can't fix this later on, it's just for now, it's not necessarily the coolest land that I've ever seen. I think I was more amazed when I saw the floating rocks of Pandora. There we go again. What's with the rocks? What's with the rocks, Imagineers? Why do we love rocks so much? I get it that the floating rocks were cool, but I mean, come on. We don't need like all these lands full of rocks. They're going to open up Rockland next. That's going to be their new cool thing, you know. <laughs> okay, let me get back on track. You know, but I, I really, hopefully, I hope that the rest of you will have an amazing time on Batu. And, you know, hopefully your first experience won't be as bad as my first six experiences. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you guys will have a lot of fun. So um, if you've made it this far, I'm so sorry for this long rant, it seems like. Um, and if you haven't heard enough and want to hear more, then by all means, go and check out my video on YouTube at Allie the Actioneer and check that out. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of people that were hating on it saying that I don't know what I'm talking about, but... Looks like more people are coming around to what I was saying originally. And so, I don't know. Maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you won't. Let me know. I'd love to hear back from you guys. But I guess that'll do it for this episode, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Mad Tea Podcast. To get more Disney scoop plus photos and videos, head over to YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram at Allie the Actioneer. Just visit our website and follow the links to subscribe. And you know the drill. If you didn't know, well, now you know.